0: If we try to control ultimate success for ourselves, like we're just asking for it. If we, but if we, if we understand that success is about reputation, it's about legacy building, it's about more than what you do today. It's about ultimately what you accomplish and, and how you allow others to enable others to even look at their own success and their own lives and say, wow.
1: Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I am your host, as always, Yona Weiss, and I am so excited today to be sitting with Dale Dupree, guys, we're sitting with the leader of the sales rebellion and the copier warrior. I mean, this guy is a branding and sales genius. If you haven't come across him before, you are in for a treat today. How you doing, my friend?
0: I'm doing good, bro. It's really exciting for me to be here with you today and I appreciate you. Yeah, we've me.
1: been uh you know, been following your story for quite a while and just immediately upon coming across some of your content on LinkedIn many years ago, I was just blown away by a couple of things. And I'll tell you this. I don't know if I ever told you this, but just the sincerity. I think there was like the first time I ever saw it was like a video of you like in your car talking about how some other person, like some person you're trying to sell some copiers to, like just couldn't get it, just didn't have the integrity and, and you couldn't believe it. You, you just couldn't fathom the fact that someone could be that shallow. And And to me, that just like stood out to me. It was, jumped out from my screen and i was like wow this is someone that i need to need to connect to and follow and i have not been let down let's just say that
0: (laughs) i appreciate that man that's a good story because uh uh, it's it's not easy to to put your heart on the on your sleeve and be authentic to a group of individuals on a platform millions of people on it right that could potentially see your thoughts hear your ideas and disagree and give you a bunch of you know garbage rebuttals cause you to, to think less of yourself, actually. And a so very difficult, you know, especially in the beginning stages for me, it was very difficult for me to, so it, so I really appreciate that. With that said, I really appreciate you telling me that is, I've always struggled with it. I think I always will, no matter what, but I always, right. I always ask myself in the midst of like hitting send on a post, I just, as I'm like feeling a little reluctance, if I am that day. I always just remind myself, someone needs to hear this. doesn't matter the 999 people that don't like it, the one person that hears it and that it changes something for them is the person. That's exactly right.
1: And I feel the same exact way, you know, sometimes. And I always have those uh, those kind of thoughts, you know, should I post this, should I not? But, you know, let's talk about, just for our listeners who don't know who you are, I, you know, I introduce you as the leader of the sales rebellion and, and the copier warrior. I mean, I'll let you give a little context to those titles because they stand out on their own, but to me, what it means before you do that is just branding. You know, it's standing out and making sure that everyone who sees that or sees you or hears that knows exactly what that is and knows exactly who you are. And so, to me, that's just is genius
0: uh, marketing and branding friend, Yes, I mean your your description is really and as I I I recognized when I got to sales back in 2007 selling copy machines that a copy machine was pretty boring, pretty stale, pretty bland, pretty generic. It does a thing, makes a copy, makes a print. Sometimes they scan, sometimes they fax. Right, especially at that point in time. Now all they do is scan, print. Nobody who makes a copy anymore, right? Real thing. But but I digress. I also was in a a crowded field of people that were selling the same boring brand bland generic thing, you know, all wearing a suit and a tie, a blue shirt, white shirt, right? They there wasn't much differentiation, whether it was aesthetics, whether it was the power of someone's personality, right? Most of the the salespeople that I met in the industry were overbearing, to be quite frank with you. And so it was like, how do you differentiate? Like they're all overbearing. They're all constantly nagging you and trying to get you to buy this thing because their boss is screaming at them that they haven't hit quota and they're gonna fire them. But Also, it's a very industry. So like you would, you kind of ask yourself, you would say like, why would someone put up with, with a culture that Well, because people are good money and, and the power that comes with that. Right. And so when you can sell a copy machine and make $2,000 on a commission check, right, it pushes you to sell more and to stay in the game and to deal with your crummy boss and the bad culture and eventually become an alcoholic and addicted to some form of drug or sex or whatever it is and live with it because the money's great. Who cares thing else? And and I know I wanted a potential there, but that's like that's really where my thought process headed. When I started to create the authentic brand that is the copier warrior, I said, I need to spell out to people that I don't want these things. Like, sure, the money, I'm in it for the money too. I'm in sales. Anybody that's in sales is in it for the money. Anybody that works is in it for the money because whether you're just paying your bills or you're trying to create ultimate success for yourself and freedom, you're in it for the money to some capacity no matter what. But that to be a byproduct of my success. I wanted people to feel that I could truly help them truly serve them and truly give something back to them and that's really where the copyright warrior brand was born and honestly you know like that's where the rebellion was born because you know whether i knew it or not back in 2009 when i started to develop the sales brand copyright warrior i was rebelling against the typical i was told that's stupid this won't work no it's dumb why are you even gonna try as literally i was like given those types of doubts in the process Ellen said, nope, this is this is what people need and deserve. So I'm gonna lean into this and I'm gonna risk and see So what was that? I mean
1: Copy copier warrior. I mean you have like a shirt, I mean you're wearing it today, but it's like a guy with a with a sword like just chopping a, a copier, you know, like a samurai. It's just incredible because I mean the concept is yes, you're standing out. And I think a lot of the things that you've done and that now you teach with the sales rebellion, which is a sales training, right? Boot camp and and training program, coaching program is to stand out and to be different and to not go down the beaten path because yes, sales, as you said, people are in it. sales people tend to you know, if they do well, tend to get great commissions, get great checks, you know, great income. But if you don't want to go down that beaten path and, and not everyone does, there are ways to do it by really changing your paradigm, changing the way that you feel about sales and and how you relate to the customer or to the to the prospect.
0: All right, so the the well, I believe that when you when you do something like develop a brand for yourself, you also are like created a mission and a vision. I think that you have to you have you have to do that physically have to to create a mission and a vision for yourself as a sales rep. Because sure, the company might have one too, but you need to lean into your own mission and vision for yourself and what it is that you desire. So also like created a motto, and the motto of the the copier Warrior was that I long to learn and I ache to serve. And the thought process behind that was I want to be curious about people and their businesses, and I want the opportunity to be able to give back to them. In ways that most salespeople don't ever give back. And so I started at those foundations and that the, the brand and like, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't the guy that wore suits at my, uh, my actual design. You'll notice that I'm not wearing a suit, but I'm wearing a vest. Right. So I, I've got this professionalness to me, quote unquote, because I, I believe that, that the word professional is a like cop out, right? It's a way for us to disconnect from. In real life and not be a human, you know. So because instead we say, "Well, it's business, right?" It's, it's not personal, right? It's a cop out to me. It's an excuse. So I didn't want to be the guy wearing a suit, but I wanted people to understand that, like, and and that I am, and through that posture, that I'm authentic, right? And so I don't like a suit that I have at time but I'll wear a vest because I think that looks dope, right? And so I, that's who I am, right? And so I, I gave the visual, yeah. And sword was a huge piece of the of the puzzle. But sword was the thing that that slayed poor service and conquered bad deals. Right. So that that's what literally was tied to the sword. Right. And and so when you think of the your warrior, you think of the guy that's going to come in and that when you're nine days overdue from receiving a toner for your down machine, that who you're going to call. Right. You're going to call this dude that's going to show up and he's going to conquer that issue for you. And and if you're doing business with him, you're never going to have those issues. And if you do, this is the guy that told you that if they ever happened, he would fix it for you. And so, you know, he's going to wield that sword for good and not just to win a deal, right? But he's going to wield it to defend you. Yeah.
1: Because a lot of salespeople are out there just literally, they could care less about the prospect. Like once the deal is done and they got the check, like that's it. They're out of the picture. They don't care. And I think when you show up with compassion, exactly, they're gone Um, and you can't find them. And showing up with compassion from the beginning and, and showing people here, I'm here to serve. I really am. It's a whole different relationship. And, and not everyone necessarily wants that relationship with a, with a copier salesman. Right? But when you, when you show them, I think everyone, everyone, no matter who you are, recognizes that that's authentic and recognizes that this is someone that I would like to do business with because they stand out and they're different and they actually, they actually
0: care. For sure. You, you know what they want? They want somebody that they can hold accountable to the problems and their business. Right. So I, I think you're right from that perspective. I think we all want that from the perspective yeah. of like, if I buy something from you, that's what I, that's what I want. Right. So I, I think your, your point is, is very valid because there were people that like, as they saw my brand and they learned more about me, they were like, we're like, I don't, I don't need new friends. Right. I need someone to fix my problems. And, and, and because I had this double edged sword, no pun intended of, of, personalizing a brand around the concept of fixed, um, from, especially from a corporate perspective, from a payer, a professional perspective, right? When they thought, you know what? Every once in a while we have these problems with the coffee machine and they're major. They are only every once in a while, but they cause like hysteria inside of the office. And so. If this guy is really saying that we can hold him accountable to the problems and he won't just disappear after the sale, it might be worth a risk for us, right? And that's what I was really tempting people to do was take a risk with me just as much as I was risking my own reputation by stepping outside of the business box and building something that was a little more whimsical and fun, right? Because look, like business is is conducted based on emotion, whether people want to admit that or not, just like in most things in life is that if I don't feel good about something, I don't want it, right? And so, so I think that's a huge piece of the puzzle that a lot of people have forgotten, or and or taking it right in their own and their and their own in the way that they think of themselves, right? right? Like that I'm calling you out, people out there <laughs> right. that are. That are thinking lesser, right? Like let's go deeper, right? Let's 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 picture a better future for ourselves, right? And because we attach emotion to that, it's not a bad thing. It means that we are bought in, tied down, and and we are willing to do what it takes to create substance. And so when you you know went off, left the
1: copier industry in terms of selling copy machines, which you were doing very successfully for a while, and started this you know the the sales rebellion, which is. You know, I don't know how I would even uh, characterize it, but it's, you know, it's a platform. It's a coaching program. It is basically giving over your uh, sets of principles of how to be good, how to be that copier warrior in your own right, in your own industry. So what was the, I mean, obviously you talked a little bit about the impetus for starting that, like where it actually began in the grassroots, but when did you decide this is something I actually, I want to stop, you know, really selling copy machines per se and teaching others how to be the best, you know, salespeople, they can be.
0: Yeah, I think from the moment that I began the journey of the copier warrior and that that I stopped selling copiers. So back in 2009, 2010, timeframe, frame, I just stopped selling copiers altogether. I just started selling, you know, based on emotional context, based on pattern interrupts, based on causing curiosity, based on giving experiences, based on fixing problems. And I stopped selling copiers altogether. So naturally, you know, like, somewhere in like 2014, 2013, I started to give advice to people in my circles as well, too, because of that, where they would tell, they would say, man, you're, how are you, I don't get it. What is, is happening? Right. Right. Like, what are you doing? And, and so I would, first off, I'd humble myself in those moments and I wouldn't, I think I, there's a temptation in those moments to just be like, yeah, I am a rock star. Right. But I, I, always lean back into the fact that I'm in the image and that I, and that I'm no different than the other person than everybody can be exactly who I have become if they will themselves to it and if they accept that destiny that's been placed before them that maybe they can't see right now. So for me, it was more of this idea of allowing people to become what they've always desired. And that they can't articulate very well sometimes. Because I couldn't, I, I, you know, when I told people, I want to be the best copier salesman in the world, <laughs> right? People were like, what is, <laughs> that's <be> dumb, right. <laughs> you know, but like take, when we take pride in what it is that we do and believe, even if it's just quote unquote, selling a copy machine, everything changes. So again, for me, it was like, if I want to be the best copier salesman in the world, I have, I have to instill hope. I have to do these things that I can't sell a copier ever. Cause that's not going to create it, the best copier. So it's just going to create another part piece of the status quo buy. Right. Right. And I didn't want that. So I, so again, to yeah. answer your question, like from the beginning, right from the very beginning I of the brand, I stopped selling copiers. I started just serving. And yeah. because of that, it's, it, it bled into me, like getting on the phone with one of my financial advisor friends and him saying like, how do you make a cold call to this guy? And me picking the phone up and going, Hey, my name's and, and literally telling him like the name of the person, my buddy, Right and pitching, quote unquote, this person on why they should hear me out and meet with me and setting appointments and and people sitting in front of me just like what they're like how did you do that you don't know anything about my product you don't know anything about my service and I, I every time I would tell people the same thing <laughs> that's where you're you've gone wrong right this is about creating connection with people building a reputation and doing something that provides intrinsic and extrinsic value in one city. Right, it's not about the pieces of the puzzle that your product fixes. It's about or about that your product does. It's yeah. what your product fixes, right? right? More so than anything else. And how do you create that human connection through it and and through communication of what you'd like to accomplish? Just to kind of go back to what you're talking about, there is
1: showing people what their potential is, but. Th- and, you know, I love the humility also. You can be the best at what you can be, but realizing that, yes, it doesn't all come from me. you right there. I'm created in, you know, in God's image and it comes from a higher source. And the truth of the matter is, you know, I'm nowhere near what my actual potential is. I mean, that's, that's true humility, like as great as you can be. But we all have setbacks also. We, we're all human and there's not a single person in the world that doesn't have uh, struggles. And so we always look to others who are as we perceive more successful or someone that I'd like to be like and kind of awe in wonder of how how do you do that? And the truth of the matter is, it's, it's just focus. You know, it's, it's figuring out what works and, and doubling down on it. And uh, what you've done is incredible because you have kind of a little bit of unique approach, I would say, to some of the things. I mean, I've obviously, like I said, I've been following your content on on LinkedIn for years and have come across, you know, countless stories of different weird, I mean, literally like out of the box approaches to how to just get someone's attention, right? Because that's really, that's the name of the game. Like once you have someone's attention and pique their curiosity, you know, yes, they can say no a hundred times or they can say, I'm never going to meet you ever. But if you can figure out a way to, to get in there, then you,
0: you've already won half the battle. Yeah, I I developed an acronym or a process, I should say, through the acronym that I created, which was Reason R E A S O N, and the A in Reason is stands for attention, and it's one of the most important parts of the of the process. So, like right now, typically, like to get someone's attention, a salesperson will call and introduce themselves, their company, and will ask if they can have thirty seconds to tell them why they they want to meet with them. And show them more about what they can do. Well, that doesn't really gain attention as much as it just causes a moment of you know either weakness in a moment, I should say, of weakness for a person. They say yes, or in a, in a moment of not really having clarity around what it is that you want to do with them. They just hear salesperson and they want to get off the phone. Right. Right. And and so when I say weakness, though, I also mean like wh- it's not just about somebody being a, quote unquote in a weak moment, but also like feeling that they well. I've hung up on the last two salespeople. I, karma's going to bite me. I should probably be nice <laughs> to this one. Like that's sympathy. Who wants sympathy in their life, right? Like I want people to believe in what it is that I'm doing. I want people to buy in and be influenced by what it is that I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the sympathy sale. And that's what most sellers are trying to get out of somebody in the moment. You know, I got a soft spot for you salespeople. Used to be one of you at some point. Give me a break. Get me away from your soft spot and believe. Buy in. Be influenced, right? So we developed this concept and, and incentive reason. And I did, you know, back in the day when I still sold is when I created this. And and like you said, there's just crazy stuff, right? My favorite is the Rebel Letter campaign, which right. people can find at crumpledletter.com and just check it right. out if they want or try it themselves. But really what, what the letter campaign was for me was just this door opener, right? I mean, I'd I'd make a call and, and you know, you, everybody, every salesperson listening is out there saying, hi, I'm Dale Dupree with the Sales Rebellion. And I was calling and saying, Hey, what's up? It's Dale. Guy that sent you that weird crumpled letter. <laughs> did you get it? And if they did it, they were like, what? <laughs> right. And if they did it, they, they were like, oh, that was you? That yeah, was clever. Right. they give <laughs> me a little slice of something, you know. Right. Not everybody was just like suddenly, you know, opening the door to, to selling them something. Right. That's not how it works. Right. It's not the intention behind it either. The intention behind it is just to provide an experience that gains the right and proper amount of attention that you then nuance throughout the process that you're and you never deviate from You don't suddenly become salesy. You don't suddenly become pushy. You don't suddenly become agendistic. You stay in this moment that you've created throughout the entire life cycle of what you're building from a relationship perspective with these people. You think long-term instead of just the next 30 seconds, the, the call you have to have after this, the discovery in a few weeks. You think about the years <laughs> to come the dynamics of what it is this person can truly do for you from a relationship standpoint. If uh, listen, if I like a salesperson, I'll tell my friends about it, especially if they say, Hey, I need this. Who do I go to? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think in sales, we take that for granted. We think, ah, oh, nobody, nobody really cares. Right? People do care at the end of the day. They do. If, if you influence correctly, they are bought into what it is that you're doing, your ability as it aligns with what it is that they desire out of their business, out of their life. They'll buy into you. They will. People want to see you succeed. Trust me. I mean, that's that's inherent in most people. They yeah. like mm-hmm. want to see you succeed. So tapping into that whole concept of reason for me it was really what is what created the outcomes that I have today. And what are you doing right now
1: with the Sales Rebellion? I mean, give us a little for those of us uh, who who aren't familiar with it yet. And you know, what's what's kind of the vision? Obviously, you talked about the vision, but really, what's the day to day? What's the
0: practical? Uh, what's behind that? Sure. That well, the vision was like I didn't call it Dale to free sales training because I never wanted it to be Dale to free sales training. I wanted it to be a community of people. I want to be able to eventually not even be at the top, right? And I actually have already started that process. I stepped down as CEO, four months ago, and and I asked my business partner, one of the guys that helped me found the company, to step up and and to be that piece that we need so badly from a leadership standpoint because I suck. Anyway, as a CEO, I'm not getting it, right? I'm a way better salesperson. And I recognize that and, and admitting weaknesses and understanding that sure, like I can work on being a CEO. That's not my calling. That's not what I've been called to do. I've been called to to breathe life into people and their sales walks. And it, Because what happens when I do that, when I make a better salesperson, I'm, I'm truly creating a better human being. That's what I really do. And that's what the rebellion does. The rebellion doesn't focus on sales tactics as much as the rebellion focuses on very human yeah. behavioral concepts. We focus on very human communication. We focus on very birth, uh, encounters with individuals instead of this glamorous, grandiose, you know, system and process built by salespeople for salespeople, right? Like literally nothing built by salespeople has ever been for a buyer, right. period. <laughs> that I've learned at least, right? You know, and, that, and I know there's some good stuff out there. I'm not saying that everything sucks, right? I'm not being, half glass empty kind of shy, but at the same time, there's, there is a fine line between a salesperson and a servant leader. And, and, and that people need to understand that sales is founded on helping, serving, creating, right? It's, it's sales is a life skill either from that perspective, right? So, so the rebellion, you know, we, we look at it as coaching and consulting. That's how we that's how we roll. We help anybody from a BPS sales to you know build out comp plans, create sales strategies. You know, even helping with marketing concepts and ideas. Like I mentioned the Rebel Letter campaign earlier, we got Rebel boxes, Rebel books, Rebel resumes. I mean, all kinds of different pattern interrupt style concepts to give people experiences to have them scanning QR codes on the top of a cake that you sent them to watch a video to be just tied into the culture of what it is that you are building and 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 want and desire to bring you into their own ecosystem. Now, all the way down to the identity. Of 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 who am I, you know, for an individual sales rep, right? You know, sitting with, and we don't believe it to be training, even though we have training modules, you know, learning, I should say learning modules, we still believe it's coaching. It's about, you know, banding together with somebody like locking eyes with them, being a part of their, their walk and journey and building success in that thing with them. Instead of, you know, from behind or from the front. And, and that's, that's really what coaching means to me. And and the individual contributor program that we have, so one on ones with people that are in sales that you know maybe they don't have a lot of money, um, you know, but they need development. Like we mm-hmm. we built a company based on that concept, so we're we're now expanding, you know, into our coaches and and having you know the availability again of scaling the rebellion instead of it just being general pre sales training, right? It's it's a movement what we do, right? Yeah. Sure, like we do believe that a lot of our strategies and the things that we're writing on the table are very different. Than than others, and because okay. of that, it brings a different form of success, right? right? True intrinsic and extrinsic success, from what our perspective is, because we rebel against the typical and, and average results, and we create legends, right? But but at the same time, too, we also we understand that if if your habits suck right? Whether you're, whether you're running the team or you're part of the team, right? If your habits suck, right? There's going to be, there will be gaps. If yeah. your if your time management sucks, there will be gaps. And then not just in your professional life, like those habits, like they could be stopping and smoking a cigarette every hour, right? That's a health habit, just as bad as it, will, as it is. It's a time management habit, right? There's, there are things that we want to help people to see and understand about being better as a human so that they can be present as a father, be present as a mother be present as a friend, be present as an uncle, be present as a grandma, right? We we want people to understand that's, that life is sales. And that's yeah. what the sales rebellion stands for.
1: And that's, that's so... It, it's extremely profound. But at the same time, I mean, everything... I always say this also, like, everyone is in sales. Everyone. There's no... Nobody's out no matter what you're doing, there's some somewhere related. so if you can become better at it, you become a better person, you're just plain and simple. and I love that perspective because it really just helps people become better at what life is all about, and uh, you know if it helps bring in more you know uh, revenue and more sale, you know whatever it is that they can earn and they can create a better lifestyle also through that, then all the better I mean that's really that's a testament to just being true to what what they were meant to to do in this world so that's that's awesome i love that what's uh what would be one one if you could pick right? and i know it's extremely extremely difficult but but if you could pick one experience that you've had since the founding of this this sales like this this new company that uh that has just been the most i'm trying to formulate this question i had it in my head but really like experience that has actually just kind of changed you as a person,
0: I feel like there's a lot of good answers. I feel like I feel like I've had I've personally developed you know, even in the last six months I've personally developed myself in a way that helps me to further conquer things like my depression. I've I, I feel like some of my experiences have been like uh on top of that from a personal perspective, uh helping to de- define The legacy I want to leave as, as a father and as a husband as well too. Even though I believe in those things and I work toward them every day, like we can't stop. We can't say, Oh, I'm good at this now. We have to say, well, I I am good at this, but I need to be better. I need to be the best. And even when we are the best, we need to say, now I need to be a legend. And then when we are a legend, we say, we have to say, now I need to leave the legacy. And so it's a non, it's a nonstop, never ending concept, right? So I, I feel like there's a lot of those moments inside of this, right? From realizations of selfishness or like, oh, being overbearing as a leader. Uh, you know, things that like I didn't even know I could be <laughs> or like I didn't recognize that I was to some extent. But you know, I think the thing that's changed me the most though, as I talk about all of that, that the, the, the constant, cause this isn't just happened once. It happens all the time. It just happened this week. Or I had a, a, a young man come up to me. I'm going to try to talk without getting overly totally emotional too. Although I don't care if, um, but for time's sake and, uh, the listeners sake, cause I don't want to get a bunch of people crying at their car on the way to work. Listen, it's right. But, but when someone comes up to you and looks you in the eye and says, thank you. And beyond the words that as you look deep into those eyes, you see exactly what they mean that as you watch them tear up, just by saying those two simple words, that you know that something has flicked a light switch in their life because of something you said and and did, because you chose to be vulnerable. You chose to be something everybody called stupid at one point in your own industry, and and you chose to take those risks. The reward of that was beyond self, even. You can see that young man or that young woman who expressed in those moments that gratitude, you can almost play out exactly what it will affect back at home, back in their own community. And you can see, for me, the legend of my father, Curtis Dupree, playing out through my own actions and infecting, which is a great word even though it might be used negatively in these days, but infecting other people with hope and a positive outlook toward what it is that they're building and who they will become, not what they want to become, but who they will ultimately become and because because we can't see that it's so powerful right because we can only conceptualize it it's so powerful because in that one moment of clarity it becomes very real it's not an idea anymore and that to, that to me is probably without a doubt the single most impactful thing that happens to me pretty consistently at this point that just keeps my engine roaring at the loudest pitch you've ever heard. And, and it's why I will not be silent on these subjects and why I keep pushing. Awesome. I'm so glad I asked that question. <laughs>
1: the best answer. That was like, I want to pull out that clip because that's just, that's probably like the highlight of this, of this episode for sure. Um, Dale, I want to transition what we call the final four now. These are four questions I ask all my guests. And the first question for you is,
0: what's the worst job that you ever had? I've been thinking about this one because you kind of cued me off on this one. And I I laughed the first time you asked too, right? Because so part of my story that people don't know is that I, when I first started selling copiers even, well, not everybody, I should say, I had three jobs. I was um, at at a blues bar. I sold copiers, like I just mentioned. And then I also worked weddings. And I so I did all the setup, all the teardown, and I also ran the bar, the the open bar, right? Just to make sure that people weren't like getting too drunk, basically, was the thought. But I totally failed on that multiple times um, <laughs> and, and let people drink way too much. But, but I digress, I had, I had three jobs, but I like, my head went there, but then I was like, I actually loved all those. You know, I loved those. I think the one I didn't like the most was, I worked this up when I was touring in my band, when I would come home, I would work for extra cash, just like side hustling, right? I, I'm always been somebody that's just like, I want to make money, right? And 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 really, like, I want to make it at the time. I want to make it because I want money, right? But really, what I what I didn't realize is that I wanted to make it because I wanted to be who I am today. I wanted to be able to connect with myself deeper and get past the surface level of things, like when I finally had the money, I was able to tell myself, this doesn't fix anything, right? right. <laughs> I was finally able to get to that place. Right? And I think one of the, the jobs that really got me to that place of understanding like what true happiness is that it goes beyond money was that I was a landscaper with a group of guys that really I only liked one of them. The other ones were just poor influences. They, they had... They were either real staunch in their beliefs about something specific, which they kind of like overbearingly spoke to you about. Right. <laughs> or they were like, you know, they had habits that were just dumb or they were super arrogant. Right. And I, and so I liked the work. Honestly, I liked the work, but I would, I would like call out sick in the morning because I was like, I don't want to be around these people. They don't make me happy at yeah. all. They're bad influences on me. And I bet to this day, they're probably still struggling with their own identities and and giant turds, to be quite honest with you, because there's also like no accountability in their lives that I noticed, at least. And I and so I didn't just look at the job when you asked me that question. I looked at like, what was the full experience? That's my answer. I know it's probably profound, but that's who I am. There you (laughs) go.
1: That's that. Yeah, it says a lot also. Um, Second question. What's a book that you've read that's given you a paradigm shift?
0: Uh, there's a book written by Donald Miller called Blue Like Jazz. And it's not what anybody thinks it is. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody that's listening that goes, oh, maybe I'll check that out. It changed uh, my wife's life completely. And and it caused me to think a lot differently because of it.
1: Wow. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes and we'll just leave it at that. Uh, We'll check it out. Add it to the reading list. And the third question, what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn?
0: You know, I've always, ended, uh, I'm a musician and I've, I've played a lot of instruments, but I've always envied people that can like play a saxophone or any really, that whole, um, family of instruments, really anybody that can just like use their fingers to press a button and the tone of their mouth to make a, a beautiful sound. That's always been my envy. Like you have to have a, even like a, there's a breathing structure, like the way your mouth is formed, like you could pick up a, a saxophone and people could be like, and that your teacher could go, you're going to have to put that down because you're not like elite enough. You are not created genetically <laughs> well enough to be able to play this. So that that is a literal skill or talent that I, would, I wish that I could or that I would have at some point.
1: Okay, well, there you go. Um, a fourth and final question. What does
0: success mean to you? Well, success goes beyond what you think that it is. Success is the story that people will tell about you when you're gone, not because you manipulated it or, or created it, but because you were so authentic that people could look at you and write the story alongside you exactly as you were narrating it, to begin with, instead of using perception, whether they're false or accurate even, right? Perception in general is still perception. Right. But, but really like success to me is somebody that did it, they, they, somebody else, right. Not just ourselves. Right. We can't, to me, like if we try to control ultimate success for ourselves, like we're just asking for it, we're asking for it, we're asking, we're asking, right. If we, but if we, if we understand that success is about reputation, it's about legacy building. It's about more than what you do today. It's about ultimately what you accomplish and, and how you allow others to enable others to even look at their own success mm-hmm. and their own life, wow, I, I it's not that I, I want what Dale has, it's that I believe that what Dale has is something that is is truly genuine and pure. And that's what I desire to be as well, too. So that, to me, is building success.
1: Love it. Love the answer. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Dale, where can our
0: listeners find you or reach out to you if they choose to? Yeah. So we got salesrebellion.com. The salesrebellion.com is probably that. We're about to launch a new website at the end of this month, starting next month. So I'm really excited about it. So you can learn a lot more about what we do over there and the community that we're building. Also, like right now, if you head to it up in the top right, corner, um, join the community and you can actually come into a Slack group uh, that's open invite free for anybody that wants to come in and, and share dialogue with other rebels, learn how to be better at sales. Um, and just generally take their life walk to another completely legendary level. Uh, but if you want daily content, linkedin.com backslash I am backslash backslash copier warrior to find my feed, you could follow me or I actually have like 18,000 friend slots left. Um, even though I've got a ton of followers, I've kept the friend, the direct friend slot very slim because I want to be able to pick the right people that end up coming directly into my, my network, but also you can check us out on any. Any social platform, Facebook, you know, at Sales Rebellion on everything, Instagram, TikTok, come ch- chill on my TikTok, you'll probably laugh your butt off. <laughs> awesome. Oh, Looking
1: forward to checking all those out. And it's been a pleasure, Dale. I really, really, really appreciate you taking the time and uh, and spending with us and enlightening us today, really, as you all have. Right. So thank you. My honor, bro. To our listeners, thank you for joining once again, all the way to the end. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.